Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast for Sunday, March the 1st, 2015. I'm your host, Hookslide. Glad to have you along as we talk about the latest and the greatest in Detroit Tigers baseball for the next half hour or so. If you are a first-time listener, the Bless You Boys podcast is a feature of the Bless You Boys website. You can find us online at www.blessyouboys.com, on Twitter at Bless You Boys, and also on Facebook. Just search for Bless You Boys. Can you believe it's March it finally happened. We finally got through the January and February thaw. Baseball is coming. Spring training has started. I think uh, opening day is just about 35 days away, so we are into the home stretch here. And uh, joining me in the virtual studio for today's episode is Joe Mantiply. And uh, for those of you who, like me, live on the west side of the state, you will remember seeing Joe on the mound for the West Michigan Whitecaps last year making batters look foolish on a regular basis. Uh, Joe is joining us today from Florida, where he is with the Detroit Tigers spring training squad. Joe, how are you doing? I'm good. Good to be here. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and uh, big congratulations on uh, getting that invite to spring training. So how are things going down there so far? Uh, things are good. You know, to start, um, it was a little nerve-wracking the first you know, few days getting into a routine and you know, kind of just getting back into the swing of things. And then, you know, being in Major League Camp was uh, a pretty big adjustment, you know, getting getting to know some of the some of the guys and, you know, being in the clubhouse and seeing how things work. But uh last few days have been going, you know, a little smoother and starting to get the hang of how things work down here. I mean, this has got to be a, the thrill for you. I mean, we were talking before we went live here just about when you found out uh, you know, that you were getting the invite. You said that happened kind of earlier in the year. You knew just a little after the first year. The year. Just walk me through that. You know, what, what what was that like to get that phone call? Oh, yeah. Well, I I, uh, I had a little idea. Um, you know, they sent me to Arizona for the fall league last year and um, kind of got a sense if I did well, you know, out there, then I could possibly get a get an invite to Major League Camp. And, you know, I ended up throwing pretty well. Um and just waiting for the phone call was kind of the toughest part. But, um, yeah, I was sitting in my house, mm. and uh, Dave Owen called me and, you know, told me that, you know, I made the I made the list for spring training. So it's pretty exciting, definitely probably the biggest accomplishment in my, you know, career so far, obviously. So. Sure, sure. Have you had a chance to do any kind of live throwing with, with batters yet? Um, yeah, I've thrown, um, you know, we did uh, – through a couple of bullpens the first week and then um through two live BP sessions facing live hitters and uh, you know our first game tomorrow exhibition game against uh 
Florida Southern. So, right. I've thrown twice to live hitters, and um, I'm going to be pitching tomorrow against Florida Southern. So, just out of curiosity, who was in the batter's box for you the first time out? Um, first guy I faced in BP was uh, I think it was uh, Jason Krizan, who's an outfielder. Okay. Um, he was in double A last year and then faced, uh, that first day I faced, uh, Brian Holiday and Dixon Machado and, um, Jordan Leonardton, a couple other guys. And then, um, second time was kind of the same thing, same group of guys, um, faced Romine, Andrew Romine and, um, faced, uh, Jose Iglesias. So getting to face those guys is pretty cool. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, I, because I don't do this, obviously, myself, I work a desk job, you know, nine to five, uh, you know, five days a week. When you're out there throwing, you know, live batting practice, I mean, what, what the purpose of doing that is, you know, is what? I mean, obviously, I don't think you're there to try and strike these guys out necessarily, or is what's what's the kind of the, the goal there? Well, yeah, I think it's just, um, you know, to get pitchers in front of live hitters, because it's kind of been a while since, you know, most of the guys have seen know, live hitting, and then also it's for the hitters to see kind of live pitching. Um, a lot of times, you know, first couple times the guys get in there, um, they see, you know, a few pitches, four or five pitches, most of them don't really swing. Um, and then through the um, throughout the outing, first time I threw 30 pitches straight, and then second, second time I threw 15, take a break, and then threw 15 more, and – it's just kind of for everyone to kind of get a feel. Um, pitchers facing live hitters, and and the same for hitters facing live pitching. Okay, that makes sense. It uh, sounds like a lot of fun, actually, and especially for you know those of us fans who have been kind of you know suffering through the baseball drought in the winter. It's just it's good to hear that there's live pitching and live hitting happening anywhere. So it's uh, it's very cool to to hear that. Uh, Joe, I want to take you back though. Let's wind the clock back. Uh, back to when you got your start, and I'm talking, you know, did you start out uh, in in little league? Um, you know, was it later that you that you started playing baseball? Um, yeah, I started, uh, you know, just like most kids, um, little league. I played. Uh, we had little league. I'm, come, I'm from kind of a small town, so we had little league in the mm-hmm. city, and then out in the county, we had um, another league too. And so I played both of those, and then. You know, played I played all kinds of sports growing up, basketball, golf. Um, I, didn't, I never really played football, but, yeah, I mean, I just grew up sure. playing sports and always kind of had a had a knack for, you know, baseball. It was always probably my best sport. So, um, okay. grew up okay. in Little League and then travel ball and all that stuff. So. Oh, so you did the travel ball thing. Okay, I know a lot of kids around yeah, here do that, ball. too, especially the – Yes, definitely. The ones that are just a little bit uh, better than the rest, I think, kind of go on to play travel ball. And that's so. Uh, uh, w- at what point did you realize, kind of, that you know, baseball was your thing, and that was, you know, it was going to be more than just a habit, you know, to kind of kill time in the summer. Well, coming up, probably beginning of my high school career, um, mm-hmm. my high school was kind of known for its baseball team. Um, my eighth grade year, we had a guy named Will Emman who's drafted in third round out of high school, and then another guy named Jacob Thompson who uh, went on to UVA and ended up being a um, fifth-rounder with the Braves. And um, so baseball was just kind of the sport near us, um, the main mm-hmm. sport. So 
coming up, I knew, you know, I was, I was good at, at most sports, but I knew if I, if I wanted to, you know, get a chance to go to college or play professionally, I need to focus on one. So, um, baseball was kind of the one that came the most natural to me. So it was a pretty easy decision. So definitely by high school, you were starting to kind of separate yourself, you know, from the pack, so to speak, and, and, uh, standing out is what you're saying. Yes. I'm curious too, when you, when you got kind of started out in high school, I mean, did you always want to be a pitcher or, you know, was there a different position you were hoping to play? And, and if that's the case, how did, how did kind of the transition to pitching happen? Um, yeah, I was always a pitcher growing up and I played outfield. Um, I was a pretty, I was a decent hitter, but when I, um, I got a chance to make the varsity team my freshman year and I guess we had, we had guys that we had older guys on the team that, you know, the, the hitting position roles were kind of, kind of filled. So I tried out as a pitcher and, you know, did well and made the team. And so just kind of stuck with it. Um, played played outfield you know a little bit my my junior and senior year when we kind of needed the team kind of needed me to but uh other than that yeah I just mainly mainly focus on pitching you know and I've always heard it said too that if you're a left-handed pitcher you have a little bit of a an in you know because baseball teams are always looking for good lefties have you have you found that to be the case um yeah definitely I mean uh you know you don't see you know, you see more righties than lefties. It's definitely a, a, a rare, more rare thing to, um, you know, see left-handed pitching. So, um, yeah, I, I just – every day, you know, I thank, you know, thank the Lord that I was blessed to be left-handed, you know. That's right. <laughs> a thing that could be a, a bit of a hang-up in other areas. I know my daughter is left-handed, and she's always kind of complaining to me because, you know, the, the world is sort of set up for right-handers – you know, with the you know, butter knives are just one of the one of the basic you know items that she's always saying, Dad, I can't butter my bread the right way because I'm left-handed. So maybe I should tell her to get into pitching and, and see how things go. Uh, Jeff, tell us when you were when you were when you were growing up, um, who were some of your baseball heroes? Um, let's see. I growing up, you know, my family and my whole area really. We had the uh, Atlanta Braves rookie ball team in our hometown. So everybody around us are, are Atlanta Braves fans. And, you know, I was left-handed, so I always idolized um, Tom Glavin mm. um, and just any of those guys, really. But I'd say him mainly just because I felt like, you know, he was left-handed, I was left-handed. But um, I grew up watching Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox. So um, I'd say all those guys, really, those those Braves pitcher, pitchers during that time um, were probably all my idols. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got uh, several to choose from if you're, you know, kind of an Atlanta fan, and uh, not 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 to, not some bad role models, I think, to kind of pattern yourself after either. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, three what two of the two of the three were three hundred game winners, and Smoltz was one of the best closers slash starters in the history of baseball. So definitely, definitely. And uh, as we were saying before the show started, um, you know, I got a chance to watch you pitch uh, quite a few games last year uh, for the West Michigan Whitecaps. And I've always kind of wondered, um, you know, very much enjoyed those games, but I've always wondered, you know, what uh, what is life like in the minor leagues? So start maybe by talking about uh, you know, what, what are some of the challenges that you face so far, you know, making your way up to the big leagues? Um, I mean, I'd say one of the main challenges is just, you know, being in the right 
right spot at the right time. You know, there's a, hmm. there's a lot of things guys in the minor leagues can't control. Um, you know, there's five different farm teams with tons of great players and you're playing other farm teams with tons of great players and, you know, you're getting in front of all these people and, it's kind of hard for, you know, the guys that make decisions to uh, to get around to see everybody. And so I'd say one of the biggest challenges is just, you know, being in the right place at the right time. Luckily, you know, um, West Michigan's really close to Detroit. So our, you know, big decision makers and front office guys, um, it was a quick trip for them to come down if they wanted to see somebody in West Michigan. And so I think that worked, that worked out well. Um, being – in West Michigan and then, you know, ultimately just being with Detroit, I think, uh, you know, I got with a great organization for, for my personal gain at, at the right time with, uh, you know, people looking for lefties and, and all that stuff. So I think, uh, that those are probably the main, the main things for, for guys in the minors. Sure, and it, it helps, like you said, to be not only a left-handed pitcher, but to feature kind of some of the the stuff that you're featuring, um, you know, in, in your repertoire. Talk a little bit about, you know, what what are some of the pitches that you're throwing right now? Um, I throw a two-seam and four-seam fastball. Um, my two-seam is kind of like a sinker, and then I throw a changeup and a slider. And you know, luckily, um, you know, I don't have overpowering stuff. Um, but all my stuff does, you know, different stuff, and I can command it pretty well, you know, inside the strike zone. So I think that helps out a lot. I mean, once you get, you know, up to the up to the higher levels, um, you got to be able to throw strikes. That's the main goal. I mean, you can throw as hard as you want, but if you don't throw strikes, you know, guys aren't going to swing at it. So mm-hmm. um, being and, able and to like command. Said, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, but you, you were saying the strike zone. being able to command the strike zone is probably probably one of my biggest attributes um, with all my pitches. Yes, I would I absolutely agree. Having seen you know what you were doing to batters, I saw a lot of swings and misses. Uh, there seems to be quite a bit of you know uh, accuracy on your part in, in terms of being able to to trick batters, fool batters, you know, some deception. I know the one pitch you're throwing. I think it might be the the two seamer. I, I could be wrong. I'm terrible at pitch identification, but you've got the one pitch. That you know, coming out of your out of your left hand breaks actually toward the first base side at the last minute. And I saw a lot of batters, you know, kind of go lunging for that. Um, how much of the, of this uh, mentally, Joe, when you're when you're kind of going through pitches and want to get the swings and misses? How much of it is uh, sequencing, and you know, how much of it is just location? Well, I think it's it's pretty much um, combination of both, really. Um, I don't try to do anything too, you know, I don't try to trick guys too much. You know, I, I kind of stay pretty straightforward and um, I'm, you know, I'm the type of pitcher that early in the count, I'm always trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get an out on the first couple pitches, you know, I don't try to strike people out. Um, and then if, you know, I'm fortunate enough to get to 2 or one, two count where I'm ahead, then that's when I'll go for the strikeout. But um, yeah, it's, it's sequencing. It's uh, mainly just, trying to get ahead and, you know, throw strikes, um, attacking hitters and, you know, trying to get that weak contact. Exactly. And and I was going to ask, too, um, you know, you mentioned the different pitches that you're featuring right now. Um, did, were those pitches that you sort of had, you know, coming up through high school? Or, you know, do you have to kind of learn something along the way? And how do you go about doing that? Um, yeah, I threw all the same 
pitches in high school. And I would say that, you know, just over the years and, you know, going through college, I think my stuff every year got better and just working on the same stuff. Eventually, you know, last year, really, um, my stuff really kind of took a bit of a jump and um, Mm. got even better than the year before. And I think that, you know, that consistency of throwing the same stuff for so long, eventually, you know, you get a good feel for what you're doing and um, then your confidence level grows and then, you know, you have success eventually. Hmm. Now talk a little bit about some of the pitching coaches that you've worked with. I'm assuming you got a chance to work with Mike Henneman last year with the Whitecaps. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So maybe just talk um, a little bit about kind of the role of a pitching coach and, and helping you get better at what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mike Henny, as we call him, um, <laughs> He was he was one of the biggest things last year that helped me out. Um he uh he didn't so much you know isn't so much of a hands on guy which is telling you, you know, your arm needs to be up or, you know, mechanically he doesn't really doesn't tweak you much, but he he was big on kind of the mental aspect of the game and when you're on the mound like being confident and knowing knowing that you're you're better than the hitter and you know, if if you have a bad outing the next day, you know, as soon as you walk off the field that night, you know, that day's over. There's nothing you can do about it. So um, he helped me a lot with that whole thing and being able to being able to come back after, you know, maybe a rough outing. And then even after a good outing, you know, that that's in the past as well. So you got to you got to build on your good outings as well as your bad. So that's he was, you know, ultimately like one of the biggest inspirations for me last year. Um, I think he helped me out tremendously. And then even when I got to Erie, um, Jaime Garcia, the guy that's the pitching coach in Erie, was, was great with that stuff too. You know, he was more of a numbers guy and and stuff like that. So he had kind of a different aspect to the same same um, role, I guess. But, um, yeah, both of those guys were, were great. And then the two guys I worked with in, in Arizona, um, they each brought a different kind of feel. So being able to, to – work and get different um different opinions all the time is is something that I really like. Hmm. Hmm. And when you talk about him being a numbers guy, what what do you mean by that? Um just kind of kind of stats wise about how, you know, um hitters that, you know, you throw strike one to the chances percentages that, you know, those guys get out or guys that you get behind, you know, first two pitches percentages of those guys getting on base and just going into kind of little stats that, you know, people don't really see. Um, little stuff like that was kind of his, his thing. Oh, that's very interesting because, I mean, certainly our audience, you know, here at Bless You Boys is very much kind of an advanced metrics, you know, oriented, uh, you know, reading audience. We're very, very big into the stats and uh, sabermetrics and that sort of thing. And I've always kind of wondered, you know, from a player's standpoint, how much do those numbers really, you know, help your performance or play into it at all? Oh yeah, they definitely give you something to think about. You know, I, I don't try to I don't try to think too much about that stuff when I'm on the mound. Um, I try to keep kind of a clear head while I'm while I'm pitching and more focused on, you know, my job. But uh, you know, after the games and the next few days leading up to my next outing, I like to look at that kind of stuff and you know see, you know, which guys I got ahead of and you know what they did and guys that I got behind, you know, what they did. So 
stuff like that is is really cool for me too as well and i think it's a it's a great tool um especially nowadays with all the all the stats and technology and stuff it's it's pretty easy to uh keep up with yeah, I mean, there's obviously a wealth of information now, uh, more so than there ever has been. But I, I get what you're saying. Of you know, I don't suppose you want to be doing long division, you know, on the pitcher's mound. But to be able to maybe to go back to some of the numbers after the fact and kind of look for for patterns and trends is it, is it hard to kind of keep track of all of that? Um, not really. You know, we we have the resources um, to where we can keep up with it pretty easy. Um, Baseball is a lot of numbers, so you know we got we got numbers guys all over the place. Um, sure, sure. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty no, easy guess, for us to get a hold of those stats. Yeah, and I guess I meant more from from a personal standpoint, you know, to, to keep track of specifics to say, okay, well, well, I remember this batter in particular, you know, can't hit the curveball or swings, you know, at fastballs twenty percent of the time in a two zero count. Is it sort of hard to keep track of those specifics, or is that not the level that you that you necessarily go to? Oh yeah, that that too. Yeah, especially when you know you go into a place where you know towards the end of the season you need that information when you're facing guys you know multiple times and you know they've seen you multiple times so you can kind of give them something you know a new look and then or if if what you've been doing is working then you can stick to that plan but um, yeah that stuff definitely helps going throughout the season. And I've always been curious too, Joe, is, is, you know, in terms of keeping track of batter patterns and, you know, that, that sort of thing, how much of that is on the catcher to remember that and kind of give you the proper sequencing? And how much of that is on you as the pitcher to remember, you know, what this guy did last time? Um, I think it's, it's kind of on both people, um, both parties involved. I think, uh, you know, a lot of catchers do that on their own, um, it's kind of crazy how some of these catchers, the information they know, because they know a lot of them, you know, remember more than the, than the pitchers do because um, they have to know everything that's going on in the game, really. But, I mean, both the catchers I had last year, um, Bennett Picard was awesome. Yes. with. He remembered what every pitcher did with almost each hitter and each team and their, their approach. So um, I think catchers, you know, take that upon their own and you know they a lot of them you know they like to do that kind of stuff so um yeah that's are you still there joe yeah i'm here okay <laughs> sorry I thought, I thought i lost you for half a second there oh, okay so i mean it's so it's certainly, uh, you know, probably understating it then to say that having a good, you know, a relationship with your catcher is kind of can, can be a, a big difference in, you know, a winning game or, or a not so great outing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, those catchers are the guys that control the game. So you always want to be on the same page as your catcher. And, um, you know, I like to, I like to kind of let the catchers kind of take over. And I don't really like hmm. to, to get off of, you know, what their plan is. So I, I don't shake too much unless I, I really feel um, I need to because um, I, I like to, to put my trust in the catcher and, you know, know that, you know, what they're putting down, that's what they they think is is the right pitch at that moment. Very interesting. Very interesting. So tell me, Joe, what have been some of the uh, the happier highlights of kind of coming up through the minor leagues and going through West Michigan and on into Erie? Um, I'd say, you know, West Michigan was awesome. It was an awesome summer last year. Um, the fans up there were unbelievable. I mean, we were packing out 
games. We were winning a lot too, and you know that was fun. Um, the guys I've met, players I've played with that you know from all over the world and all over the country. Um, we had an awesome group of guys in West Michigan, and even you know when I went up to Erie, um, you know meshed really well as soon as I came in the clubhouse. Um, managers I've played for, Andrew Graham, Lance Parrish. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been pretty short so far. You know, I was drafted in 2013, so I've uh, I've been moving pretty quickly. But uh, you know, I've met a ton of great people, and you know, came across a lot of uh, a lot of baseball knowledge in my time here. Yeah, I would I would agree there, Joe. You've certainly kind of been taking the fast track. I, I wonder sometimes if you have to kind of stop and just kind of catch your breath and say, you know, how how do you put it all in focus? Uh, tell us a little bit what, about what the average day in the life you know is uh, for you know for you for a minor league player. What's that look like? Um, well, during the season, you know, go to the field. We usually got um, last year we would get to the field around you know two or three. Um, and you're at the field all day, but we do, uh, you know, we go out and do our stuff earlier in the day. We stretch and throw and do our running. And if you have to work out, you do it in the morning. Um, and then you just kind of hang around the field until, uh, till, till game time. And that's when, you know, the fun stuff starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the games usually let out, if you have a night game, it's usually, you let out pretty late. So grab some food after the game and go home and, get some sleep and then wake up and do it all over again. Wow. I I'm struggling to kind of wrap my mind around that. What's what what is that like to get to, you know, get paid to play baseball and work out and do that fun stuff? It sounds like a sounds like a ton of fun. Um I wanted to kind of move on to just some kind of general questions for you about um, you know, now that you're kind of making strides and coming up, you know, your spring training with the Tigers. Um let's talk a little bit about um Let's say who 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 is the one major league batter that you hope to face someday? The one batter I hope to face someday. Um, I mean, I would love to face. I know he's on the same team, but I would love to one day face you know Miguel Cabrera. I think he's <laughs> he's one of the best hitters you know ever. Obviously, <laughs> um, but. He's a great guy, you know, being around him in the clubhouse and stuff. He's he's full of energy and um yeah, I'd love to say maybe I got him out or if he, you know, hit a home run off me, I'd be able to say that too. So kind of a win-win. So you, so do you think at some at some point maybe you can arrange that even if I mean like you said you're on the same team, but you know, is that a kind of thing where you can say, "Hey, Miggy, I I really want to do this, you know, before a game, can we just get out there and, you know, I'm going to show you my best stuff and see how you do. Yeah, maybe like a, a inner squad or a live VP one day that that might be able to work. But I mean, I don't think I'm I'm going to I'm going to push for it. But if I got to, I think that would be probably one of the uh, one of the biggest thrills. I think that would be a ton of fun. If that ever does happen, you have to make sure to get you know get it on video and and all that fun stuff because that would be that would be a fun thing to watch. Um, and, you know, and while we're on the topic, just, I mean, cause like you said, you're, you're, you're just getting there and kind of getting to know some of the guys, maybe talk a little bit about some of the relationships maybe that you're, that you're developing here. Um, yeah, I met, you know, a bunch of guys. I've met, uh, Justin Verlander, Joe Nathan, Jabba Chamberlain, 
um, they're all great guys, you know, and the, they, they have a ton of experience between those three, you know, among others, but, uh, and they have a ton of knowledge, you know, they've, they've been through it. They've been in the same situation that I'm in and, um, just kind of being around these guys and, you know, being able to pick their brain whenever you can. And they, they, I think kind of realize that you're, you're trying to do that too, you know? So yeah, hmm. they're great. Um, everybody's been, you know, unbelievable, uh, kind of showing how things work and showing people the ropes. So. Sure. Sure. And has there been any one person or, you know, so that if you're comfortable talking about it, that's sort of, you know, come alongside you as, as a bit of a mentor yet? Um, not yet. You know, I haven't had anybody kind of pull me off to the side. You know, we've only been down here for a few weeks, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe once we start games and, um, that kind of more so will, will kind of happen. So we'll see. I haven't, I haven't got the chance to be like one-on-one with any of them yet, but, uh, We'll see if that that sure. comes like in the future. Said, yeah, like you said, it's it's still early yet. You know, and you're serving the first weeks, and uh, like I said, the first game is tomorrow, isn't that right? Yeah. So you guys haven't even had a chance to really kind of play any any full games yet. So it's still early in the process. Uh, going back to this kind of uh, you know hopes and dreams kind of thing, who is the one major league player that you kind of most hope to play along, you know, play along with someday, even if it's just like in an All Star game? Um, shoot, I don't know. I'd say, uh, you know, a few of them are on the, on this team. Um, Miguel Cabrera, obviously, um, David Price, Mm. Justin Verlander, you know, those names kind of say it all. Um, for me, those are kind of the, the biggest names, at least since I've been coming up in high school and college. So, you know, being along those, uh, alongside those guys and being in the, in the clubhouse with those guys is uh it's pretty special to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, as even I was asking the question, you know, who the, some of the the stars you want to play alongside and I'm thinking, yeah, there's there's an awful lot of them right there in the clubhouse. So maybe you kind of get it all, you know, just sort of right there. Um and then just to kind of wrap things up, I was curious. I think I had read somewhere that you were um a bit into agriculture. I, I think I read that uh, in an interview recently, and so I was curious to know if you, if you weren't pursuing baseball as a career, what do you think you would be doing? Um, I don't really know. Um, I've never really thought too much into that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've always I like being outside. Um, I, I would like to, you know, I'm from kind of a small town, kind of out in the country-ish, kind of so. Um, yeah, if I was able to do something, I don't think I'd do very well sitting behind a desk all day. So I'd, I'd like to pursue some kind of career and where I'm moving around. And Excellent, excellent. So to wrap up, tell me the story, Joe, behind the uh, the Twitter handle, because I like to tell folks, you know, on the show, whenever our guests come on, they, you know, where they can find you online. And I know you're on, on Twitter at the real Theseus. Is that, that right? Uh, it's Theseus. Theseus. So yeah. uh, what's what's the story behind Theseus? That's one of the Greek uh, Greek gods, isn't it? Yeah, well he was uh, he was Zeus's son. He was he was mortal. He wasn't you know he was he was a mortal figure, but uh, he was supposedly the son of Zeus. But yeah, I I started my Twitter actually after there's a movie called Immortals, and it's kind of about the life of Theseus and how he you know kind of saved the um, 
his people from um, the Titans, people, someone, you know. And the next day, it was kind of when Twitter was starting to blow up, so I was trying to figure out a Twitter name. And <laughs> I just watched that movie, and it was kind of a joke between me and, you know, one of, one of my teammates in college. And um, so I just came up with the real Theseus. I love it. I love it. I was kind of curious behind these you know, the stories behind these names when I saw that one. I thought that that uh, that's interesting. I, I mean, I know a little bit about you know Greek mythology and so forth, but uh, very interesting. So, uh, Joe, I want to uh, thank you for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time out, and uh, you know, absolutely best of luck uh, with the with the squad, and hope to see you in Detroit. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you later. All right. All right. So that's Joe Mantiply with us on the Bless You Boys podcast. You can find him on Twitter at the Real Theseus. Uh, T H E S E U S. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun there. Uh, sounds like some good things going on in spring training. And uh, that is going to wrap it up and do it for us on another episode of the Bless You Boys podcast. Uh, we will see you again in the weeks to come as we continue this march forward towards opening day, which is just 35 days away. So hard to believe, isn't it? So until next time, this is Hookslide signing off, and we'll see you next time on the Bless You Boys podcast. Michigan and Trumbull. <laughs> That'll get him out of the old ballpark.